Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. Hi, I'm Joe Becker. And this is the Yikes Podcast. Welcome to the second episode of the Yikes podcast, um, the podcast that kind of talks about all those things that can seem super overwhelming, like climate change or, I don't know why I said that, activism. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just all those things that can make us kind of just want to do a big old yikes. Um, and instead, we're going to lean into that and kind of just talk about that stuff and make it a bit less overwhelming. Yeah. Empower ourselves, listen to others, learn, unlearn. Yeah. So this week, we're going to be talking about system change versus lifestyle change and the age-old debate not really that old to be fair it's more more current i think that's happening now yeah it's upcoming but much needed yeah very needed um but first uh let's just talk about what's made us yikes this week so Mm. (laughs) yeah lots of yikes lots of yikes um one thing that's made me yikes a bit is so i don't know if people saw but um dave did an amazing set at the brits um where he performed his song black and then added some freestyle after where he kind of called out the uk on its racism and boris johnson on his racism and all that stuff and it was amazing and it was really good and he did so well and then i think the one thing that's made me really yikes is just seeing people on facebook like just kind of wanting to tear that down without engaging yeah. with it and just seeing people not wanting to engage with stuff has been kind of a bit of a yikes and a bit frustrating I think we can definitely feel like we're in our own bubbles of people wanting to like lean into these issues and then just seeing like freaking Facebook trolls is <laughs> just always Facebook yikes trolls. just trolls in general are always a yikes and just seeing a lot of people that mm. I know and I respect a lot getting teared down by trolls at the moment is definitely something that's made me yeah. yikes a lot yeah. um, social media can be such a strange yikes please because it can it can empower so much but it can also mm. make you feel i don't know it can do the opposite at the same time yeah. like i know that this is well i don't know i've seen a lot of people recently who i don't know if they like, people who i respect a lot who now feel like they don't feel welcome on social media at all just because of flipping trolls in their rooms yeah. typing horrible comments um so it's weird it's a weird balance because like sometimes i'm like is social media like a wholly good place is a wholly bad place but it's i guess it's it? always imbalanced but we're not you know we're not designed or like these platforms are not designed for us to be using them in balance Mm-mm. yeah like there's so many controls that or like yeah i feel like with instagram even so much advertisement recently or youtube like sometimes like if i watch a video in there it's like three ads within a within a youtube yeah video yeah. And that made me like really yikes recently like oh, yeah yeah social media can in general be a bit social of a media especially i find facebook is flipping yikes like just so many oh, like yeah. people who think that i don't know just everyone has an opinion but yeah. no one can open their mouth in real life but yeah and also but also people aren't willing to engage with you so yeah. like one of the, some of these people that are commenting things on my friend's post about the day performance i was just like i was i had the energy and i was in the mood to be like hey i'm just gonna say that this is a really good podcast i'd really recommend you listen, listening to and i can go links the listless podcast on anti-racism because mm. it's really good and it just goes into things so well and because people were just so used to not like having a conversation or any dialogue their immediate response was to like correct one of my spellings rather than <laughs> saying like, <laughs> and like and rather wow. than being like or like getting into it, i was just like oh cool like yeah but like I'd, i've learned a lot from this podcast maybe like Maybe we all learn should, a lot from yeah. it, yeah. And I think that that's what really annoys me about Facebook, especially is that there's less like lack of a dialogue. Well, yeah, like everyone is, 
you know, shitting their opinions on an online platform. And like, but then, you know, if, if you're starting this dialogue, then you should also be open to that dialogue mm. that then like comes like from answers. Yeah. Like if you're not willing to engage with anything, then maybe this is not the way to, you know. Yeah, we should just talk to broadcast. Each other. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a, there's a whole Let's just all talk on. more to each other. Let's <laughs> all listen to more. Yeah. So before we get into everything, um, as we mentioned last time, we really want to make this space accessible because a barrier to activism and getting involved in all these different groups can definitely be that you feel like you just don't know what people are talking about. So a few key words that we talk about um, in this episode are um, virtue signaling, greenwashing and green capitalism. So um, virtue signaling is basically when you talk about things that you do that are like morally that you see as morally better or like changes that you've made or things like that um more just to like boost your ego in certain ways green capitalism um so capitalism in itself is based on a growth paradigm um infinite growth on a finite planet but specifically that there's a few, like the, the tiniest minority benefits of the majority, which is inherently based on exclusiveness, exploitation. Um, and then green capitalism is kind of like the green eco version of that. So we still consume, we still um, exploit, but just the messaging of it is under like sustainability, but, but the system in itself is the same. For example, your feminist T-shirt mm. being made by a woman enslaved in Bangladesh. Um, and then greenwashing is basically when a company um, puts out claims that can't don't really actually hold up on how eco-friendly their practices are. So an example of that um, would be H&M's Conscious Collection, where they talk about how... Um, the clothing from the Conscious Collection are really eco-friendly and ethically made and all these different things when in fact their company as a whole um, is a huge contributor to the climate crisis. Making the dollars of the climate crisis. Yeah, so it's basically like appropriating um, discourse around green things or eco-friendly things. So yeah, let's reintroduce like lifestyle change and system change, like what they are, like yeah. what does it mean? I think we both started our kind of like activist journeys um, through like individual change. Like mm. uh, I think we like introduced that in the first episode, just how we both were very dedicated to zero waste lifestyle and mm. like vegan- veganism and like all of these like individual choices and like making sure that we are doing like the best we can and getting at a certain point are quite overwhelmed by all the like little decisions we had to take on our own and that's very much like the sustainability individual choices Mm. like lifestyle advocacy that's being broadcasted on a lot of social media platforms and I think in general um like the media even the even the government you know like say like telling us now like oh like you should shop without plastic bags or something Mm. um yeah so I think like lifestyle change has been a huge thing for both of us and individual change has been mm. a huge thing for both of us i think for both of us it was like our entry into like climate activism in some way it mm. was kind of the entry point um and especially online like on instagram and all over there's huge bubbles now and there's a huge movement for zero waste for anti-plastic there's huge movements um to consider what we're eating more and like where we're buying these things 
I think a lot of this, at least for me, was centered around like not wanting to be a hypocrite. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so like a lot of it for me was me wanting to break down my own hypocrisy. It's like not wanting to do things that don't align with my values and focusing solely on that. So but it was more like I was just focusing on myself. Like I wasn't really, I was looking out into the rest of the world because I was thinking about the impacts of these, these actions, but I wasn't thinking about them as like a system, in a systems way. I was thinking about them as in like, this is how it was for me. It was like, I was thinking mm-hmm. like, this is these are the things that I believe, these are the values that I have and these are things that I'm doing. And it, where there's conflicts there, like how can I kind of break down that conflict? Um, and I think that in within the lifestyle change movement, it can be, it can make you feel kind of empowered because you're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm doing these things and I've managed to change these things in my life and I've managed to do these things in a better way or I've managed to be more ethical or more this or more that or more that um, by making these small decisions. Um, but it's only been recently that I've kind of seen how that can also like be disempowering to like big to greater movements. Yeah, because it also kind of supports this notion of like, if only we all did more, then surely like we'd be in a much better state in the world. Mm. But when we look at like how big and massive this, like the, the climate crisis or other like social justice like issues are like just by me, like doing my bit, like refusing a plastic straw, like the the issue won't solve itself out. And I think that's such an important like thing to realize that like just by me refusing a plastic bot like plastic bottle, as important as that is, like why mm. is a plastic bottle there in the first place? Mm. Um and also I think that notion of like, oh, if only I did more, I would solve this climate crisis. It's like very egocentric focus mm. and like very egoistic actually and mm. thinking that you can you can solve all of this world but also like that you you should be able to sa- save anything is like a very weird notion mm. um and i think there's like so much to unpack within that that's definitely something like the whole ego thing so i think something mm. i realized recently because it actually like is a massive ego boost to be able to say to people like well i'm doing all these things yeah. like i've it's kind of like it's just hugely like virtue signaling in so many ways it's being like i um um i do all these things and that makes me even if you don't mean to say it in that to, to have yeah. it in that way like it can kind of so i noticed that like at least for me and this is me like kind of being more honest like i've noticed in myself that like i quite enjoyed being able to tell people that i when i when i was the most zero waste i was mm. i enjoyed being able to tell people that i was zero waste because i was like this is something that i've achieved for myself yes um and it's fine to be proud of yourself for doing things but I think that there's a way in which you can do that. I don't know. Also, we're not completely shitting on individual change because I feel like that. Maybe we're just seeing too negative about I that. Think, I don't yeah. think we are. No, no. Because both I, of us like do a lot of, have changed a lot of things individually. I think we are a little bit, um, like for me, like all these like social media posts on like, look at my Ikea freshly bought like zero waste pantry. And like everyone has to have this like clean white kitchen with like so mm-hmm. much space and like, to me that's a bit yikes because Mm. most of us won't be able to achieve that Mm. and for me that's also not what individual change is about Mm. for me that's like a whole new like greenwashing campaign like just like kind of covering up our current crisis and replacing it with a new notion of like oh hey like if you just do that little bit then surely we'll all be okay and like that's just not true Mm. and there's so much place for individual change Mm. but that has to be in bigger communities Mm. Um, yeah like behavior change is important but I think that what's happened recently is that behavior change has been 
I don't know, but changes of behavior which can be helpful for the environment have instead been kind of hijacked to be this more like aesthetically pleasing behavior change yes. so like especially within the zero waste movement um people believe that to be to make i don't know to have to live an eco-friendly life you have to have a beautiful kitchen a beautiful pantry it has to be full of like matching jars and you have to like yeah yeah and that's and and, like that's a yikes because a lot of the things that people think you need to do to to be the most eco-friendly or whatever it require you to buy more stuff which is not which is actually actually, way less eco-friendly yeah yeah. so actually there's no behavior change because it just replaces one consumerism with the Mm. next consumerism whereas like like behavior change like true behavior change really means like a paradigm shift so Mm. like a, a complete like change in your not only behaviors but like how you mentally and like consciously and on like also like unconsciously like view things mm. um so what you're kind of saying about behavior change almost being hijacked and being kind of separate from paradigm shifts um it's almost like green capitalism well that is green capitalism, green capitalism. yeah green capitalism has just hijacked um it's made you think that we you're moving away from the current system that we have into this new system but the reality is that it's the same system Mm. it's just hidden in this kind of really kind of sinister way i think green capitalism is quite sinister because it makes you feel like you're saving the saving the planet in some way but you're still buying pardon yeah yeah perfect example. well you're just yeah you're still buying Mm. into things you don't actually need you're buying you're still consuming things you don't actually need which actually isn't very like environmentally friendly yeah can we talk about Shell and BP being like selling individual change to us yes. so well? I think for me, that's that. Has, I think that's what it maybe hit me the most that like yeah. these, because when I, so if you don't know about this, um, Shell and BP are big oil companies. Two so of Royal, like the biggest yeah, yeah. world polluting companies in the world. Mm, so Royal Dutch Shell and British Petroleum have both been on, well, they're both on the list of, the biggest polluters in the entire world. They're Having respons- caused yeah. like one third of like all greenhouse gas emissions in history. Like these t- 20 company- companies mm. and BP and Shell are both on that list. Yeah. And they recently have come out with some wonderful campaigns mm. which are telling you um, how to calculate your um, carbon footprint, how to like make more eco-friendly choices. They've been posting about them on their Twitter and doing sponsored ads on Instagram. And I think for me, when I saw those ads, I was like, if they want us, to, I don't know, I was like, they're, if, they, if they're promoting these movements, then they know that these movements aren't going to impact them. Do, do you, oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, that was like a big kind of wake up call because I was like, if they are promoting these movements and they are the ish, the problem, yeah. then these movements aren't the solution. Yeah, that, yeah. It means that like us doing these like little changes are not disrupting them enough to cause harm to the world mm. i think for me like that that one tweet i don't know if you saw it but um it was bp asking on twitter oh what are you pledging today to or like what's your pledge to reduce your carbon footprint um or your impact on the world and then another person replied saying i'm pledging not to spill 140 <laughs> billion tons of oil into the north sea and it was just like yeah like me refusing the plastic bottle today Mm. is important but it will never have the same impact that these companies are having yeah and it it won't have the same impact of like shutting these companies down and and having which having a transition away from that because yeah i think i see we see the quote a lot that's like every everyone doing like being a little zero waste 
is important like not not having so i think the quote is like we don't need everyone to be perfectly zero waste but we need if we need everyone to like try their best to be zero waste yeah. like yeah we do but we also need people we also need to like stop taking fossil fuels out the ground like yeah. i think that maybe think, we yeah. need like these companies to be less shit like maybe we <laughs> you know um yeah yeah I th- and i think that like if i think one thing that i really i don't know i think it can be really difficult to have this conversation because because i know that for a lot of people they aren't even at the stage of like thinking about individual change. So I think sometimes like I find it mm-hmm. difficult to even talk about this stuff because I'm like, am I going to stop? Am I going to disempower people from doing anything? But I think what I want to do is I want to talk to people who like are passionate about this, who do care about individual lifestyle change. And I'd love, really love them to think about um, how you could reinvest that time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Into, I think yeah. individual change is so powerful in so many ways because for many, it really like gets them into the whole debate. And it's almost like, like the plastic pollution in the ocean visualizes mm. how like visualizes kind of how we're treating the environment because climate change and global warming is for many people still invisible invisible mm. not obviously for for everyone because so many people are already suffering but for those people who are causing or like contributing largely to the com- like current crisis it is still very invisible and plastic pollution for example is such a great topic to be picked up by like major you know like environmental campaign groups like wwf or greenpeace because it's so visualized and you can very easily market it to mm. individuals so it's almost like a symptom of the bigger crisis and we're trying to patch it up but actually like we need to like address the root causes of this mm. climate crisis therefore we need to like okay you know even this plastic what is it made of it's made of crude oil mm. like you yeah, know, why, think, why are we yeah. not addressing the crude oil issue? It's so weird. I feel I find that really weird in the plastic debate that we never mm. talk about like what plastics made from. Yeah, like we we don't talk about the fact that plastics made from fossil fuels. Like I think um, like you were saying how plastics are visual, visualization of the problem. It's like a symptom. It's a symptom that we can see. Mm. And I think that um, me with my like medical brain, mm. um, I'll think that like if someone has a rash and you could give them a rash cream and they're like that might get away, get rid of the rash, but like what was causing the rash if it was like a grip virus in their body if you're not curing that virus they're going to keep getting this rash <laughs> you're going to keep getting this rash um and we need to be you need to stop only treating the visible symptoms um i think we need to and it's really difficult because it's like it's way simpler to be like okay well i see a lot of plastic in the ocean therefore if i if we all buy less plastic then less plastic will be made and that's going to stop the thing but the thing is that like we need to think why was that plastic being made in the first place and like what's it being made from and i don't i think we need to look more at the roots of the issue yeah and also it the fact is that like it doesn't work as linear as like supply and demand relationships anymore like Mm. that used to be the case but like now with like the the global production system that we have which is a very like powerful dominant system it doesn't work in a way that oh if you only consume a bit less then the like then the supply will lessen as well like that's just like even at the moment like even if they if people are saying oh there's like more vegans on the rise Mm. actually meat production goes up still Mm. nonetheless worldwide and um you know same with plastic bottles like there's still so much of that production happening and like for us individually like refusing that like we need we need bigger mass action Mm. to address these things and also just to address like how can we create like how can we create environments that are positive and like you know create 
deep change and that means behavior but that also means at like different levels so when we talk about like the theories of societal transformation change like there, there's like multiple levels we can address and that can be like policy and that can be communal and society and individual and interpersonal but no individual like behavior is ever on its own like, mm. we are always influenced by the people around us by mm. the ethics or the values that are within our community whether that's at your workplace your hobby your church your national you know policy whatever so we are always influenced which and like we always influence influence others mm. so like if we really truly want to change behavior then we need to address all of these levels which means mm. not just us individually yeah yeah Yeah, this might sound really overwhelming. Um, <laughs> I think especially if you especially if you just join the like whole lifestyle change movement or even if you've been in it for a while because you kind of feel like you've gone away from the rest of the world's rhetoric, the re- quote unquote, the rest of the world's rhetoric of like, just do what you want with your life. And then you're now being like, oh, well, if I, if I want to change the world, then I can just change these things in my life. But now you might be thinking, but this is such a bigger thing. Like, what even is system change like how do we do that um no one knows yeah and i think that it's fine i think that's one thing that i've come to terms with recently is it like it's it's actually okay to not to not know the solutions completely and like like I, you did a post about this actually recently that kind of talks about that um with capitalism yeah i think the system that we have right now runs on this like very binary framework either it's this like this like a is the way it has to be and the rest of the alphabet has is wrong mm-hmm. like we have to go with this a and like there's no diversity in that it's a very like top-down hierarchical approach and like dictating and what's right and what's wrong and i think system change if we really truly want to change ways there there cannot be one solution and like none of us will have the answers because different communities and different parts of a society and the world and everything will have to have dis- different solutions applied to their context and i think that's where diversity and like that's where all of the different perspectives that we have to listen to will come in and like yeah so like the more perspectives we will listen to the more approaches to like the current crisis for example will we gain therefore system change cannot be a monopolistic like solution that's my approach what do you think well i know i just think that like um i think sometimes people forget that we do live in different systems i think people Mm. forget that we it's hard people forget that we live in paradigms of some sort i don't know orders of some sort that we do live in like an order of some sort and it's been it's an order that was designed by people and as it was constructed and designed by people and as we uphold it um we can choose to not uphold it and we can choose to change it i think sometimes people feel like the world as it is now is like immutable or it's the best that it can be Mm, but almost like it's the natural order yeah but it's not like the this the world that we're living in and the way that we're living in it now like isn't the natural order at all at least not in our society well not like constructs like Mm. capitalism or like these are very human-made man-made yeah like white supremacy as well that like there are so many different systems that we live in it's not just we're not just when we say system change you're not saying there's one system we need to change this one system and this there's a like a 
plan that has four steps that can change the system there's so many different systems that we live in and to change them it just causes it it just requires you to disrupt that the system that we're living in in some way honestly sometimes i wish there was a 10 plans mm. step-by-step guide because it is such a massive massive thing to tackle and even when we talk about system change not climate change you know like what what do we actually mean by that and there's so many different approaches to that which is so empowering because that also means there's so mm. many different entry points for us all to to use and there's so many different yeah approaches we can take but also that means like what do we actually then follow like what what is the approach we should take or want to take and yeah definitely talking about this stuff and thinking about this stuff does make me like but yikes a lot like mm. even in my brain right now as I'm having this conversation it's like what is system change like how how can we do that and I think sometimes sometimes I think within system change like debates and stuff like I, do, I don't know I think that changing your lifestyle is like can be disrupting the system in some ways it depends on how you do it but there are ways in which the this, this might sound a bit complicated but there are ways in which the system is like almost like hijacked that. like when we're talking about green capitalism green capitalism um or even like how current fossil fuel industries are saying that they're going to take over the renewables like race and that kind of things um that's almost like the current system that we have adapting rather than change rather than changing yeah. in order to stay relevant um, and in order to like kind of does that does that make sense actually? I think so. Mm. Um, I was thinking a little bit about if we had like a dictatorship, and the dictatorship would suddenly be this like hippie, like green eco warrior dictator, mm. and would just like dic- dictate us all to suddenly be this like super super green. Still our system would still be a dictatorship and that Mm. would still limit our freedom. Mm. And so while there might be like no litter on the street, is that the world we want to live in? Mm. And so like it just goes from like one destructive like system to another destructive system. Mm. So unless we like address these like, you know, underlying roots that we were Mm. talking about. I think that like that definitely ties in individual change because it kind of prom- like yeah it's this kind of like boost for your own like life maybe and like a lot of a lot of us get something out of it directly like we feel mm. positive we feel empowered but maybe it's time we use these like acts like these everyday changes that we do as community and like you know do them with your friends like do them with people around you mm. but then also like don't let that take up the majority of your energy and time mm. to stop you from doing like bigger activism and like bigger disruptions to the current system and also to envision what you want instead like what is a future you want or you can envision or like you want to envision and then work towards that and that requires system change yeah and i think that one thing that you can think about when you're doing individual actions is like is what you're doing disrupting the system or is it conforming to it in the way that like, is what you're doing part of a greenwashing campaign of some, some sort is what you're doing, opening up space for people with less privilege to be able to do this as well is what you're doing, like undermining like oppressive structures that we have in our society. And if it's, if it's not, 
then I think you have to wonder whether that individual change is actually disrupting the system or whether it's like kind of just conforming to new green capitalism. Um, because there are so many things that we do or like uh, lifestyle changes that we do that aren't accessible for people, um, for marginalized people or just for people in different ways or things that have almost been like taken from marginalized groups and now been rebranded so that they're not like people with different levels of privilege, like aren't able to uh, access them anymore. Like for example, if we talk about secondhand shopping, mm-hmm. like secondhand shopping is becoming more expensive, which is actually like driving out people who were doing secondhand shopping for way longer out of necessity because of like financial privilege differences or like time privilege, just so many different re- like reasons that, that that is. And I think there are ways that we can get, I don't know, it's it's like there are ways in which we need to recognize um, that us making a lot of these different things more fashionable might be driving, might be negatively impacting people um, who are marginalized. And if that's the case, then that isn't disrupting the system. That's like almost upholding like oppressive systems. And it's upholding your own personal privilege, driving Mm. out people who, yeah, like driving out beings who depend on those systems. Mm. Um, And I think system change really depends on also like making the conditions for us all to thrive like Mm. system change should create frameworks where we can all for example access good healthy food Mm. rather than like that being you know like a new privilege like buying organic food from a local farmer's market is so exclusive at the moment Mm. but so trendy so like how can we create conditions for us all to access healthy food how can we all access ethical sustainable fashion secondhand fashion like Mm. yeah Oh, yeah, so like system change in that is, it, yeah, it's, it's creating an environment where everyone can participate in this. Yeah. It's creating a world in which everyone can, can participate in these different things. Um, I think too often, I think sometimes I see on, on at least in individual change spheres or like on Instagram and stuff, people people are acknowledging that like a lot of these different lifestyle changes aren't accessible and because of privilege and those different things. But they're almost addressing it and making out that it's something that like, oh that's a shame but we can't change it and it's like we should be able to change those things and it should it we shouldn't just accept that um we shouldn't just accept that marginalized folk like might not be able to be involved in these things we should be like how can i look at this this lifestyle change or this issue and how can i how can i open up space in this how can i do that um i think like what you're saying about time like if you're using all your time to spend five hours going to those different zero waste shops to get find everything you need without plastic or using those five hours to I don't know, research tons about a deodorant that comes plastic free and that also works for you. Um, if you could invest that time to think like, how could I use that time to work in a community group to make, um, to kind of affect the, no, to kind of change the root issue that's there and to open up the space and to make these spaces more inclusive. Like, could you get involved with the community action group that works to just act on an action that in your community, how could, could you work with a community action group that helps because I think that if we, when we're talking about the climate crisis and especially like lifestyle, a lot of lifestyle change things are around the climate crisis. Um, if we don't have climate justice, if we don't solve social justice issues, then we're not going to be able to have climate justice and we're not going to be able to, I don't I don't think that unless we solve social justice issues, we're not going to be able to have the changes that we want to see in the world. And we're going to end up in the same system that we're currently in, which will be exploiting people still. It just might be in a different way. Yeah, and so much more happens when we do things together. I think that sounds really like cliche, but it's it's so true. Like so many more things happen in community. And if we all just try and 
if we all only like are introspective, if we only think about ourselves and like what we're doing um, and we're not working together and having conversations about solutions and like being collaborative in that, it's going to be so much harder. Like everything's so much harder when you work at it on your own. Whereas when, when you share knowledge and when you share solutions, then you're, it's going to be way more likely to be able to find, I don't know, you, you know, you're, you're going to have more power in community. Yeah. And it's like, again, to that ego thing, like I'm going to save the world, mm. which makes me yikes. Yeah, like it's a big like saviorism narrative, which is not mm. even that like save the earth. Like no, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yikes! <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, gosh, this is this is a big this is a big conversation. I think, it this is. Is, and it's definitely one that like I want people to be leaning into more. Like I'd really like because it's difficult to have like even us us having this conversation now. My brain's going so many different ways, and I'm just like having to like really like. I don't know because it's way simpler to be like okay well stop using plastic because yeah. it's it's just got such an easier trajectory so much more straightforward but I know that realistically like I, w- I wish I could tell people that if we all change a little th- little things if all of us just change something small and do that gradually that's gonna save the planet I really save the planet in quotation marks um like I wish I could tell people that and I wish it could be true but we're like we don't actually have time but for you're that. not shell so you're not saying yeah that. yeah but and it also if shell are telling you that then like i don't don't, don't trust them they've well they've known about the climate crisis for so long and done nothing about it like they've genuinely done nothing about it i think that sometimes i know i've people give them people make out that they want the solutions but i'm like they don't they just want to make profit and they just want to take oil out the ground and they just want to they don't they don't really care about the climate crisis. if they did then they wouldn't be doing what they're doing like all the time um yeah but we like we we're way past that point we're way past the point of all of us making small changes um like we're in last resort mode now which is which is scary and i think that sometimes we don't want to admit that and that can be like a huge like being actually acknowledging how the situation that we're in with the climate crisis is like a huge like it can seem really overwhelming so overwhelming that you just want to run away from it and you don't want to lean into that and so a coping mechanism for that can be wanting to change things in your life and be- and believe that wanting that just if we all just change these small things that's what's going to cause change um but i've actually found that that coping mechanism doesn't hold up like it i found that it's way better when you're in community mm-hmm. and you can find so much more hope in community than you can in being on your own and t- and like feeling better in your ego like that that doesn't actually no and you get your, you get yeah. so overwhelmed by yourself mm. it's so much more fun to do these things with your friends and and like do, yeah do like joining an action group locally mm. and you know and like there's so many different ways you can do that like it doesn't mean like you all like everyone has to like be on the street um even though that's mm. obviously like an amazing part of it but that can also mean like working in the back office and like doing media or arts or like everyone has their part to play in that little system in itself like activism in itself is like a little system and everyone has their role to play Mm -hmm. and has something to give uniquely but yeah it's so much more effective and also so much more fun and like uplifting rather than like you trying to fight this entire world by yourself lifting all the burden of the world on your own shoulders and trying to manage and Mm. i think sometimes like we we can talk about like i don't know people say that ignorance is bliss and ignorance is great but like you can say that but I don't, I don't think ignorance, I don't think ignorance is bliss at all. I think that like, I'd rather know what's going on and like feel empowered to do something. I think that if you know everything, if you know how bad the situation is, but you're on your own in doing that and you just focus on yourself, 
you're for me at least my eco anxiety was way worse during that time than when I can almost share that burden with people I think too often we'll hold on to our burden ourselves but we need we definitely need to share it like um when I've spent when we I think for both of us when we spent time like in activist groups you find that like you can do something about it that's something that I felt really empowering is that I've spoken to people who've been in the climate activism movement for far longer than I have and they've seen changes happen like as a result of actions that they've taken like we can even talk about how the media talk about the climate crisis that's something that's definitely changed within the last year even and that's I definitely think that's a result of activist group forcing the conversation and forcing it to be like held to a greater account and like to be a more important thing um or even as much as it's obviously not the most ideal thing but even like the scottish government declaring a climate climate emergency i mean recently in five in scotland one like new i don't remember what exactly it was. oh you know yeah it was, like it, was, gas, it, was a coal, it was a i think it was a glass plant it was it was a fossil fuel plant fossil of some fuel sort plant, yeah. like yeah manufacturing mm. fossil fuels and that wasn't that wasn't okay like that was mm. or like the, the agreement plank, was yeah. like take, taken back because of the local activist group that lobbied. Mm. Like that's obviously like we have so many more battles to tackle, mm. but like these little things and like, like they're so uplifting and I think we need to learn from that and like talk more to each other and like activist groups supporting each other better. And like, if we all like feed into those systems, mm. then the individual change will kind of follow. Yeah, I think, I think it will. And I think that, yeah, what we've talked about how um how a lot of these movements might not be accessible um how about we work together as a community to make these more accessible and by doing community action like how about it can even get community action can even be like work it can be smaller things like working together to create a community allotment or something i don't know things Mm. like that 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 is that is like activism in its own way in like a different way that it means like changing if you see something in the in the system currently that you think is unjust and and or not right, and you see a way that like community could come together to make an example of that in some way to change that, like in the in this instance in Fife, how they community got together as a community and stopped the planning. Activists got together, normal people just became active citizens and got together. Um, they've set a precedent that communities can stop these things from happening, and um, can communities can rally together, and that's what system change is system change is communities coming together and disrupting the system and disrupting like and creating the new systems yeah exactly and the, yeah and that's and that's what we need and that's yeah. what and i think that if everyone who like spent loads of time concentrating and almost like beating themselves up about like their own impact on the environment and instead like channeled that energy into community groups into community action into like working together like imagine the world that we'd live in imagine like the change that we'd see imagine all the trolls on social media putting their energy to like like using it for something good yeah like yeah well that's one thing that i not even trolls but like i see a lot on yeah. instagram um especially in the sustainability world everyone just uses ethical living as a stick to which to beat each other with and i'm like come mm. on people do you not see like <laughs> sorry no i can't talk about i was going to talk about hunger games <laughs> Well, I was watching the Hunger Games this weekend, and the, um, and in Catching Fire, no, no, this, lol, this is I shouldn't talk about this. But in Catching Fire, when um <laughs> when they say to Katniss, "Remember who the real enemy is," that like kind of got me because so often we'll like fight each other and we'll forget who the real enemy is. We'll forget that the enemy are these big corporations, capitalism. Um, <laughs> we'll forget who the real enemy is, and we'll be, we'll fight each other instead. And imagine if we use all the energy that we're currently using to be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see that they they flew there?" 
or they got this thing in plastic or something. I don't know if the energy that we are currently expending on beating each other up, if we instead like got together and use that energy in community to direct it at like the big polices. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we shouldn't hold people to account. I'm not saying that we shouldn't call people out on their behavior is problematic. Um, especially people who have like a lot of influence. But what I'm saying is like, think about how you're using your energy. I think like we have a, we have a finite amount of energy that we can use every day and throughout our lives. And I think that you need to think about in a time, in times of last resort, in the time that we're in now, in times of climate crisis, what's the best way that we can use that energy to cause change? Yeah, I think we can, like we all have different, you know how we are like saying, we all have different roles to play. So like some people use this like plastic debate as like an income, in, like this like entry point into into the debate. But then like, we should never get stagnant. Mm. So like, if that was the entry point, then like, okay, it's time to move on. And like, mm. you can continue doing, doing these things because like, hopefully these will be like habits now. Mm. But like now is like the time to like create conditions for us all to do that. Mm. Now is the time to like, organize within community and like disrupt the system create new systems like work on you know like not to become stagnant mm. and i think that that's what system changes to me that like you always learn and and you always critique yourself and you critique the systems around you but at the same time working on developing new options and mm. new spaces and asking others what their vision is because you mm. will never have those answers all by yourself. And if like system change has any, like done anything for me, it's as, as like overwhelming as it can be, is actually giving me hope that like change is somewhat possible. And also has given me so much like community hope that I could have never found by myself. Mm. So, yeah. It's like that quote from Aaron Dessie Roy. It says like, um, another world is on her way on mm. a quiet day. You can hear her breathing. Like that's what gives me hope. Community groups give me hope. Like grassroots activism, that's what gives me hope. Yeah. Um, and that's how we'll see a, a, like a new world is if we work work together. And if, and I think that's when I that's when I can hear like I, that's when I can hear her breathing. Like that's when I can hear the yeah. new world breathing. Is when I'm when I hear other people together acting collectively to kind of change something to try and cause change. Um, and yeah, like individual actions are a great gateway into all these things. So both of yeah. us, both of us are still very zero waste in many ways both of us are still vegan i mean i think that's but that's that's almost yeah. like like that's like an ethics thing for me so that's something i think we change um we're both we both like buy secondhand clothes and like uh, like boycott the high street those are habits that we formed but that wasn't the end i think that's one thing there was another thing with the individual changes that it feels like you almost are like progressing towards this end goal and then when you meet the end goal you're all good and it's all like you've ticked off your box for helping the world <laughs> in some way but um I don't think I'm ever going to have that box ticked I think that it should be something that like we're actively like working mm. and changing and, and adapting it, to and it's also like I think we are privileged in the way that we can do these things mm. but also we have to do these things because we're in that privileged position mm. because of our well I, I mean speaking for me I I know that like just because of the conditions that I live in I will have an inevitably a higher impact on the world Mm. um because that is the situation i am in Mm. so therefore like i want to create also conditions like where not just i act on them but also like other people and yeah Mm. yeah 
so thank you so much for listening to this episode we know it's been a bit heavy um so a bit yeah rambly <laughs> so thanks for engaging with that um if you felt inspired to get involved in system change then definitely look for a local group near you or even start one yeah there's endless possibilities of community action and yeah doesn't have to be an extinction rebellion group doesn't have to it can be kind of it, it can be almost anything there are so many different groups out there um but definitely like lean into this conversation and another way that you can kind of learn more about all this stuff is by following accounts on instagram that kind of talk more about system change um so we can, we'll post a few of those on our instagram at the yikes podcast um and if you have any other um suggestions then you can also follow us on there and you can definitely dm us on at the yikes podcast if you have any more suggestions um please subscribe to the podcast please review it it really really helps us um give us all the stars give us all the stars it really helps us get this podcast out to more people so definitely be sharing with your friends share on your instagram stories and make sure you tag both me at michaela loach and joe on trees and peace thank you for listening and thank you to finn mowat for producing this podcast um and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode